Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. We learned last week that you can't have hope without faith, but you can never have faith without first having hope, right? And we're going to get into that a little bit more here in a few minutes. And the title that we've given this series is Unseen unseen okay we learned that hope is unseen but faith can be seen right and i want to do i want to start the same way we started last sunday because i really want this to get in our hearts and minds i want it to stick we're going to read through hebrews 11 1 in the five translations we read, we're gonna, we did it last Sunday, we're going to do it again. And just like we, we do often, when I get to a word, if I pause, that's for you to say it out loud, all right? Are we ready for Hebrews 11.1? We're going to start with the New King James Version. Now, faith is the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. The English, the ESV. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The New Living Translation. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of the things we cannot see. The Passion Translation. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for it's all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen right and finally the amplified translation now faith is the assurance title deed confirmation of things hoped for divinely guaranteed and the evidence of things not seen seen, the conviction of their reality faith comprehends as a fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses half of what i'm going to tell you today about half of it is in some way a review of last sunday okay of last sunday's message because it's the foundation of understanding the second thing i'm going to talk to you about today what we talked about last sunday which i'm going to review right now is going to be the springboard into understanding what we're going to get to today is that okay so let's just let's just review what we learned last sunday okay hope is unseen but faith is to the way to see the unseen right hope is unseen faith is the way to see the unseen hope is invisible oh but faith my friends is visible okay hope is invisible faith is visible hope is inward but faith is outward we could literally say that faith is the outward working of our inward hope okay we learned last sunday that to hope is to dream right but faith doesn't stop with just dreaming we talked about abraham and sarah that hope to hope is to dream but faith doesn't just stop with by dreaming 
Faith is to believe the dream, speak the dream, and act on the dream, right? We learned all of this last week. One fr- a new phrase that I wanted to teach you today is that hope is expectation. Hope is expectation. Uh, if you look up the definition of hope, probably the first or one of the first words you're going to read is expectation or expectancy, right? But faith is not just to have expectation. Faith is to act and to live in such a way that literally shows that you expect something to happen. Hope is to dream, to desire, to expect. But faith is to do something about what you're expecting, right? You know, the, the first verse we read, the New King James Version, and the King James Version says that faith is the substance of things hopes, hoped for, right? There's substance to it. Hope, you can't really touch it. You can't really see it, except on the inside. But faith, you can see it. You can touch it. You can observe it in action, right? And so everything we said last Sunday, everything we read about Abraham and Sarah, we boiled it down to this one statement, all right? And it is this. Faith is the action of hope. Faith is the action of hope. Come on, let's say that together. Faith is the action of hope. We can hope all day long, but until we act on what we're hoping for, we haven't taken the step of faith. We have to have hope first to even be able to have faith. But there are so many people who live their whole life dreaming, hoping, desiring, wanting, expecting, but doing nothing about that dream. And how many people go to the grave full of dreams that were never fulfilled? Because faith requires action. We have to put action to that which we are hoping for. Let me give you an example. Hope is to be stirred up by a promise or a desire. Okay, I want you to think of a promise From God, we learned last week it's very important to find his promises in his word, right? Not to just make up what we think God thinks, right? Woo! We went there last week. We went for the jugular last week, right? How many people presume to know what they think God thinks and how God feels about everything? And how, how, you know, how many people, I, I think God this and God that and God is like this and God is like that and he thinks this and he thinks that, but they never got it from his word and they're just making it up. And a lot of Christians do that. We think we know what God thinks, but if we've never read what he says, how could we ever know what he thinks? I wasn't planning on talking about that, but here we go again. The only place you can be sure that what you hope for, what you are dreaming, what you are expecting, the only place to find 
out if it's for sure from God is to match it up with his word. And if, if it comes straight from his word or you hear the Holy Spirit speak it to you and it, and it agrees with his word, you can hope for it. You can act on it in faith. But if you can't find it in his word, careful for what you hope for. How can I ever know what God thinks if I haven't read what he says? Tell somebody one more time. Read the Bible. I just don't know what to do. I'm waiting on God to speak to me. I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should. I don't know. I don't know if, if I should tell my friend about Jesus. Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone everywhere. I just don't know yet. The Lord hasn't spoken to me about giving my tithes. Actually, he has. It's in his word. I don't know if I need to stop having sex outside of marriage. I'm not sure that I feel that I'm ready for that yet. If you just read what he already said, you would know. You would know. You might not be ready to stop, but you are ready to go to hell. Oh, my Lord, it's one of those preachers. <laughs> it's the Bible. It's the Bible. Those who practice sexual immorality will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who worship idols will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who are drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God. Where did I get that? The Bible. I didn't make it up. It's not religion. It's not legalism. I hear some of your minds saying it. Just legalism, a bunch of rules. God has rules. <laughs> They're in his word. Okay? Christianity is not about a list of do's and don'ts and rules, but let me tell you, if you're following Jesus, oh, we're going to get to there in a minute. All right, all right. We're going to get to it in a minute. We're going to get to it in a minute. Don't worry. How can I ever know what to dream? How can I ever know what to hope for? If I don't first find out what God thinks, and the only way to find out what he thinks is to read his word and to believe his word. Listen to the voice of God. It'll always agree with his word. Amen? So if hope is substance, then this is kind of what it looks like. I'm stirred by a promise or a desire, okay? Hope sometimes means we're stirred up. We desire something. We want something. We're dreaming of something. Faith would be, listen, to actually take the step and pray for that. Hope would be to be stirred up about a promise. Faith would be to pray for that promise. Action, okay? Hope, hope would be to desire or expect prosperity from God. Faith would be to obey the word of God about giving my tithes and offerings and give generously, knowing that as I act on the thing I hope for in his word, as I act in faith, prosperity will come, right? Hope, let, let, me, let me just make it even just way more simpler, okay? 
Hope is to desire an apple. Faith is to plant the apple seed. You know, back in the day when there wasn't Publix and Kroger, if somebody wanted apples, they needed to plant an apple tree, right? Now everybody plants them for us and we just get to go buy them. But we can hope for, desire, expect, dream of something all day long. But until we actually do something about that thing we're hoping for, we will not experience it. Hope is to crave an apple. Faith is to plant the apple seed and water the apple seed and wait for the apple seed to sprout and then continue to take care of the apple sprout until it becomes a tree and then oh my gosh I've been doing this for three years now this is what this is what we do I've been acting in faith now for three years for four years and I still don't have an apple but you didn't realize that it was going to take until year five for the tree to produce the apple you wanted to eat and if you give up in year two year three year four doing the work of faith then that thing you dreamed of that was just around the corner if you give up before the time comes for it to be fulfilled then the dream will die faith is the action of hope and it's not and this is what we're going to get to here in just a minute it's not a one-time action it's continuous action so just one more thing there take a step towards what you hope for everybody heard the term take a step of faith well that's right (laughs) faith is more than a feeling faith is a step when you take steps towards what you're hoping for you're walking in faith that's why it's called walking in faith because I literally have to take steps towards those things which I'm hoping for. So, have you ever attained something and then lost it later? Have you ever gained something and lost it later? Like it just didn't stick, right? Like, have you ever lost weight? Well, that's backwards. You lost it and then you gained it back, right? But it didn't, the weight loss just didn't stick. Have you ever gone to the gym for a couple of months and you gained some muscle, but then it didn't stick? <laughs> if you stop doing what you got to do, you can lose what you gained, right? Have you ever gained money in your savings account and then lost it? How many of you know money don't stick? <laughs> money doesn't just automatically stick. Have you ever gained freedom from an addiction, but then a while later you're back in that addiction again? It didn't stick, okay? Have you ever gained joy and then lost it and you're depressed again? It doesn't have to be that way. This weekend, specifically those of you that went through the encounter retreat, Many of you attained, you gained, you experienced deliverance and freedom from stuff, healing. 
You were filled with the Holy Spirit in a very powerful way. You had healing happen in your heart as you forgave those who had hurt you. And all this amazing stuff happened. But the question is, now I say that to them. Now let me say this to all of you. All of us in some way, shape, or form have experienced, have received something from God, right? But how does it stick? Everybody. Just think, have you ever experienced something from God? Have you ever received something from God? Have you ever gained, attained something from God? But then all of a sudden, a later, you kind of look and, whoa, it's not there anymore. It didn't stick. Listen, today I want to teach you how hope and faith, faith and hope, hope and faith, faith and hope can be sticky. All right? Touch your neighbor and say, sticky. As Christians, as Christians, are y'all ready? Are you with me? As Christians, how do we get the stuff to stick? Everything we've received by the grace of God, his love, his forgiveness, his freedom, his power, healing, How do we get it to actually stick and not look back a little bit later and go, well, I gained it, then I lost it. How do we get it to stick? Unseen, part two, okay? And I promise I already preached half the message, all right? I know that seemed like a long introduction, but that was half of it because we had to get that to get this, all right? Unseen part two. How do we get unseen hope to stick? Okay? This is the answer, and then we're going to break it down. Ready? Our hope sticks through continuous obedience of faith. Our hope sticks through the continuous obedience of faith. We already learned that The obedience of faith, the action of faith, is the way to manifest our hope, is the way to show what what, what can't be seen, right? Is Is the way to make visible what's invisible. Our hope is invisible. The way to make the invisible visible is to obey in faith, right? But how does it stick? It sticks through the continuous obedience that is faith, okay? So... I'm going to give you a little, I hate to say formula, but it is a supernatural formula that works. All right? Are we ready? Hope leads to faith. Faith leads to freedom. Okay? Hope leads to faith. It starts with hope. There's no faith without hope. But when you have faith, if you continue in it, it will lead you to freedom. Okay? Come on, say, hope leads to faith. Faith leads to freedom. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32 is where we're going to camp out for a few minutes today. I'm going to read it again, just in two versions this time, all right? This is the New King James. Then Jesus said to those who believed him, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. 
and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? Amplified version. So Jesus was saying to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, continually obeying my teachings and living in accordance with them, then you're truly my disciples, and you'll know the truth regarding salvation. The truth will set you free from the penalty of sin. All right, I want you to say this with me. Believe, obey, truth, freedom. Ready? Believe, obey, truth, freedom. I'll break it down in a minute, but let's do it again. Believe, obey, truth, freedom. Oh, but I need to know the truth first before I can believe it. That is not how it works, and it'll never work that way. It'll ne- it will never work that way. The sequence is believe, obey, truth, freedom. Okay? That's the way it works, okay? So let's just break this down a little bit. First of all, we have to believe. Jesus, in this case, in, uh, in John chapter 8, he wasn't speaking to just anybody. He was speaking to people who had already believed in him. This message was not for people who were still on the fence trying to decide if they believed in him, okay? This message is for us and maybe you came here today and you're not a believer yet become a believer today believe in jesus because that's where it all starts we will go nowhere in a relationship with god in a lifestyle of freedom without first believing come on say believe Believe. we first have to believe in jesus Belief, okay? Belief is the key that opens up the door into this life of freedom. You can't get into a locked door unless you have the key, right? So belief in Christ, belief in what Jesus came and did, going to the cross, dying in your place, rising from the grave to forgive you, to set you free, to give you a new life. First, believe in him. But believing in Christ, believing in Jesus, is just the first step towards freedom. The next thing he said was, speaking to those who believed in him, if you obey or abide in my word, which means to continually obey, okay? So this is where it gets tricky and sticky, Some Christians obey for a little while. And then we wonder why it didn't stick. Sometimes we obey what Jesus says until it just becomes, you know, too challenging. Or until it makes us really go against the flow, and that's uncomfortable. Sometimes we obey Jesus for a little while until it makes others not necessarily like us so much anymore. Sometimes we obey the word of God for a little while until we're just tired of it. It just isn't working. Sometimes we plant an apple seed and we water it and we watch it sprout 
and we watch it grow and we watch it branch out and we see leaves and then the next year we see leaves and then we see flowers and leaves and then we're like I didn't plant this tree to see leaves and flowers so I'm done with this apple tree and we walk away from the apple tree and next year you got a whole harvest of apples but you didn't get to eat them because it didn't stick actually we didn't stick See, being sticky really isn't that faith and hope needs to be sticky. It's that we need to stick to it. For faith and hope to stick to us, it's really we got to stick to it. Come on, tell somebody, just stick to it. See, abiding implies continuing and continuing and continuing and continuing. Listen. If you travel, you don't live in a hotel room. You stay in a hotel room. You don't abide there. You might stay there two, three, five nights, whatever, a week, vacation. Hallelujah, right? But where you abide is actually your house, where you live all the time, okay? And so it's so important not to just pay Jesus a hotel visit, I did not mean to say it that way. But then again, I did. Because sometimes we just play with Jesus and his words. And you know what? I'm not feeling it today. Well, guess what? You ain't going to stick. Jesus said, real disciples, which the opposite side of the corner of that would be not a real disciple how many not real disciples are sitting in our churches I know I used to be one I believed but I wasn't abiding in obedience real disciples he said are those who abide who continually obey his teaching and live in accordance with them. And then next week they do the same. And then next month they do the same. And then next year they do the same. And then next decade they do the same. And when they're 99 years old, they do the same. Abide means to stay. Permanently live there. Okay? The life of a true disciple is someone who has made the decision, I'm following Jesus for real, no turning back. No turning back. Not I follow Jesus Sunday through Monday, but by Tuesday, I'm starting to wear off. You got to get sticky now. And then this is the most thing that, I think this is the thing that like really challenges people the most. Certainly challenged me until I discovered the power of it in my own life. And I've seen it in many of your lives. So many faithful disciples in this house. We don't discover the truth And then, now that I know the truth and I know it's true for sure, then I believe it and obey it. That, my friends, is called philosophy. 
And Jesus didn't come to bring philosophy. He didn't come to bring religious theory. He came to bring freedom. And to know freedom, you have to know the truth. But to know the truth, you have to obey the truth. And to obey the truth, you first have to believe it. Believe him. But I don't understand it. You don't need to understand it. I don't need to understand it. One thing I do understand, God is God. He is good. He is true. When I don't understand it, he's still true, so I believe him. And I believe him enough not just to feel it, to think it, and to say it. I believe it enough to do it, to obey it, to keep on obeying it. And even when I've obeyed it for three weeks or three months or three years and I still don't totally understand it, I'm going to keep on obeying it because I know if he said it, it's true. And only then can I experience the fourth thing, which is freedom. He said Believe, if you abide in my word, you become my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and that truth will make you what? Free. We said it in the beginning. Let me say it again, and then I'm going to finalize it right here. Ready? Hope leads to faith. Faith leads to freedom. Let's say that. Hope leads to faith. Faith leads to freedom. Now, let me explain it a little more. Hope or belief, right? leads to faith or obedience, okay? Because remember, faith is the action of hope, right? Hope, which which starts on the, as an inside belief, an expectation, a desire, a dream, right? Hope or belief in Jesus Christ, belief in his word, believing him and what he says, leads us to obey it, which is called faith. Thank you. All right. But then faith or continued obedience, okay, continued obedience leads to the discovery of truth. Only continued obedience will lead me to discover God's truth. I think of Moses when God told him, stretch out your rod and I'm going to part the sea. I'm pretty sure he hoped God was going to do it. (laughs) He hoped because he had Pharaoh's army right behind on their tail ready to get him, right? When God said, stretch out your your rod and I'm going to part the ocean, he hoped it was going to happen, but he more than hoped, he actually stretched out his rod. Oh, but wait, he didn't just watch God part the sea. Then God said something even crazy. I think this is even crazier. He said, now walk through with walls of water standing up on each side. I would have been scared, but you know what? By faith, he stretched out his rod, but also by faith, he walked through. He continued. And the whole nation followed behind him. And guess what truth he discovered? 
that God is mighty because he just swallowed up the whole army when they tried to do something God didn't tell them to do. <sighs> you all right? <laughs> it's continued obedience that leads to discovery of the truth. I think, I think Moses thought when he stretched out his rod and the, the wind started to blow the water apart, he started to discover, wow, God actually does what he says. But by the time he walked and all of the nation of Israel walked through the water and then the water came back on top of the Pharaoh's army, he discovered the truth. God does what he says, right? And then they were free. And then they were free. We want freedom without. We just want. Be free. Now listen, deliverance happens just like that. It does. God can set you free in a moment. God can totally break an addiction off of your life in one split second. But if you want to live in freedom. If you want that freedom to stick, you've got to walk in continuous obedience to the word of God. Then and only then will you know the truth and that truth will make you free. Now, look, I love the fact that, that, uh, that, that the King James says the truth will make you free. That's a little different than just set you free. Let that, let that just sink in. Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Like that sounds permanent and continuous. Set you free sounds like a momentary thing. And the truth does set you free. When you see the truth, when you see the love of God, the grace of God, what his word says, you see it and it, boom, in an instant can set you free. But Jesus wants more than just set you free. He wants to make you free. He wants to make you into a new free person that can live free so hope leads to faith belief leads to obedience faith which is continued obedience leads to the discovery of truth but embracing the truth leads to true freedom it's not just well that's true well that's true that's right no it's embracing it as your own truth it's not that's the truth it's first the truth, whether it ever was your truth or not. But when you embrace God's truth as your truth, it leads you to true freedom. But finally, abiding in this lifestyle of continuous hope and faith, obedience and discovery of truth, obedience and discovery of truth. I obey, I discover more truth. I obey more, I discover more truth. I obey more, I discover more truth. That's called abiding. Come on, say abiding. I obey, I discover more truth. I obey again, I discover truth again. I obey, obey more, I discover more truth. Leads us to permanent and progressive freedom. It's a lifestyle. Of freedom and Jesus said this is what his true disciples are if you're following Jesus you're not supposed to be bound in fact if you want to follow Jesus you can't be bound because he's going places y'all you can't be tied up you gotta be free to go wherever he says go to do whatever he says do to say whatever he says say we've got to be free Jesus doesn't just set us free he makes us free 
And this is the lifestyle of a true disciple. Come on, one more time, let's say. Believe, obey, truth, freedom. Just say it one more time. If you are waiting to understand in order to obey, repent today. If you are waiting to understand or feel it, or until it makes sense in your rational mind to obey, repent of that today. Decide today to obey. Continuous obedience makes me a true disciple. Listen, you've probably seen it too, but I've been around church since I was a child. I've been following Jesus radically since I was a teenager. I've seen believers come and believers go. Believers high and believers low. And I didn't mean to say that either. But you know, listen, one of the, it's actually the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like literally, the saddest thing I've ever seen is to see somebody grab a hold of Jesus and then let go of him. It's not that he didn't stick to you, you didn't stick to him. He's not going to let you go. He'll never let you go, but you can sure let go of him. He will never force you to follow him. He will never coerce you and make you obey him. Free will. Obeying him from our free will is the greatest act of worship. It's the greatest act of love. Let me just give this little parenthesis here. Some of you need to take your next step in being a true disciple, okay? We already announced it, and then I announced it again. Here's announcement number three, 7 p.m., Wednesday night, Cobble Park. I'm sorry it's only going to be 70 degrees that day, but you know, he's worth it, all right? If you have made the decision to follow Jesus, you need to go public about it. If you're keeping it private, if you're just keeping it to yourself, or if you've simply never obeyed and been baptized, this is your opportunity. And I love that we get to go do it out in public. Come Wednesday night. Show up. Show up before 7. Come ready with your swim trunks or whatever you're going to get baptized in, okay? No bikinis, please. Um... (laughs) Don't want to cause any brothers or sisters to stumble out there at the baptism service. (laughs) And I mean that for men too. (laughs) All right, now that we're all awake again and paying attention. All right, are you you ready? Wednesday night, Wednesday evening, 7 p.m., Cobble Park at Ackworth Beach, okay? Come 
go public about your decision to follow Jesus. And even if you were baptized before, if it didn't really mean anything, or if since then you've fallen away, you've backslidden, and now you're back, and you really want to follow Jesus, I, I told everybody last night in the encounter, I got baptized twice because the first time I didn't totally understand what I was doing. But then I really, truly got born again. I made a decision to follow Jesus, and so I got baptized again to, to go public about it. If you need to be baptized in water, everybody else, I want to invite the whole family. Come on, make a picnic out of it Wednesday evening. Come on out to Ackworth Beach and be with us. We're going to worship. We're going to have some testimonies, and we're going to baptize everyone who wants to be baptized in water, all right? Obey the, uh, the, the command to be baptized in water to follow Jesus. Another thing I want to encourage you as a disciple to do, if you have not, connect with a small group of other disciples, okay? Here at Encounter Church, we have these groups called small groups because <laughs> they're small groups, right? They're, <laughs> they're groups of three to 15 one of our small groups grew to like 33 one time, so it wasn't that small. But we have small and medium groups, okay, of disciples. Where, because the next thing we need to do is fellowship. You cannot make it as a disciple on your own. Loners become dead. <sighs> I'm sorry everything else rhymed today and that one didn't, Okay. Loners become losers. <laughs> and I don't mean to be ugly and I'm not, I, you know, I'm just, I want you to make it, y'all. I want every one of you to make it, to experience, to walk in, to live in freedom. And for that, you need to be in fellowship with other believers because that's the way God made the body to work. We're a family, okay? Get connected in a small group. In fact, Everyone who's leading or even hosting a small group, just stand up real quick. Stand up, up. Anyone leading a small group or hosting a small group? All right, all right, all right, all right. Look around, look around. If you're not in a small group, talk to one of these before you go today. Get connected. All right, thank you. And finally, I am so excited about this. Because of our building construction, we've had a slight setback of about a month in getting started, okay? We had originally planned to launch this tomorrow, But I want to invite you into something new for training. We're calling, we are officially going to be opening an online discipleship and leadership school called Encounter Leadership School, okay? We got any purple people out there that have ever done the purple book? Woo! Anybody ever done the remnant? This book will help you get a strong foundation as a disciple of Jesus. And, and we're, gonna, we're, we're in the process of recording our classes for the Purple Book, okay? And they're going to be 100% available online. You never have to come to a classroom. How cool is that? If you want to do your discipleship at 3 o'clock in the morning because the kids are finally asleep, right? There you go. Anybody ever done the remnant? This is all about developing the most important thing in leadership, which, which is a godly character, okay? We're also in the process of recording our classes for this. I wish I could give you an exact date that Encounter Leadership School is opening, but all I can tell you is it'll be very, very soon. Hmm. And I will give you the exact date soon. All right. Thanks for putting up with me today.
Thank you for putting up with me today, online, precious family. All right, just before we go, God doesn't just want you to experience hope and faith. He wants it to stick. Have you believed? If you haven't believed, today is your day to believe. I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a minute to respond and declare your faith in Jesus. Are you abiding? Are you obeying, living a life, your life not perfect, with struggles and all, but purposefully living your life to continuously and progressively obey Jesus? Are you progressively and continuously discovering the truth? Have you been set free? Have you been made free? Are you walking in freedom? I don't know what your next step is, but all I can say is take it. If your next step today is just to believe, take that step. If your next step is I've already believed, but I'm taking the step, that I'm making a decision to obey and follow Jesus. Take that next step today. If you have made that, that, that decision, you believed in Jesus, you put your faith in Jesus, and, 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 and maybe you've obeyed a little bit here and there, but today you're like, you know what? I'm making a lifelong commitment to live the rest of my days obeying Jesus. I'm going to abide in him. Take that step today. All I can say is what he says is true. You can be free. You can live free. Let's stand to our feet. I'm just going to go ahead. I know um, it's time for lunch. But we can't go without giving you the opportunity to respond to God's word. I don't want you to just hear it. We have to hear and respond to his word. And today, very quickly, maybe if we could all just bow our heads and close our eyes because this is a personal decision that no one can make for you. you only you can make it for yourself. But if you've never made the decision or taken the step to believe in Jesus, to put your faith in him, to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, to say, I believe that he came to the cross. He died for me. He rose again for me. I repent of my sins and I surrender my life to Jesus today. Is that anybody in the house? If that's you, would you just quickly wave at me? Say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus, all right? Okay, I'm going to take it to the next step. Those of you say, I believe, but today I want to, I want to take the step of obedience. I'm making a decision not to just believe in Jesus, but I decide today I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to obey Jesus. I want to be his true disciple. If that's you, would just wave at me real quick. Say, that's me. All right. Say, why am I having you wave? Because sometimes we just need to respond. Okay. You can put those hands down. All right. Some of you need to make this your next step. You've obeyed him here and there, off and on. But today, you're making the decision. I want to live. I'm I'm deciding to live the rest of my life. I'm going to obey him continuously. I'm making a decision to, to, to abide in him and to obey him with my lifestyle for the rest of my life. If that's you, just wave your hand. That's me. All right. 
you, Jesus. All three of those steps have a lot. They're they're interconnected. So I want to invite all of us to just pray this prayer together. I'm going to pray my own prayer. You can use my words, but I would even encourage you to use your own words and make it extra real today. But let's pray something like this. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you that you came for me. You lived for me. You died for me. You rose again for me. You paid the price to forgive my sins. Today, I believe in you. I believe in what you did on the cross for me. Right now, I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on this world. And I turn my heart totally over to you. I surrender to you, Jesus. I confess you are my Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Clean me up. Change me. I receive a new life. I'm born again. Come on, let's continue to pray. Those of you that are making this decision. Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, let's lift our voice. Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I decide to obey you. To walk with you. To put action to my hope. Jesus, I decide to follow you for the rest of my days. Help me. Help me. Help me. Teach me to obey. Lead me into the truth. Lead me into true freedom. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through His Word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.